When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, we reunite with an old friend, ask the big question, what am I, and decide who we can trust. Welcome back to Lore Party's special coverage of the Halo television series. On this limited run of the Lore Party podcast, we'll be providing in-depth recaps of each episode of the new Paramount Plus series based on the timeless sci-fi shooter franchise. And boy, oh boy, episode two. Here we go. Uh, yeah, two in. Uh, we just had a very for for those we just had a we had a very long discussion before we were <laughs> every, recording yeah, this right before now. we our our, our pre show notes were uh, it was more akin to a, a backroom brawl but I think uh, we've calmed down I pulled the knife out of my side and I think we're all right <laughs> we're uh, we're icing up our bruises uh, we've we've shaken hands we're we're going back we're back to cordiality here uh, <laughs> my name's Connor uh, joining me again. Kevin and Jaden, how you how you fellas doing? I'm so. I'm I'm doing better than uh, John's <laughs> friend was after his, after time at the UNSC. I'll tell you what. Oh man, yeah, lot, lots to cover. Yeah, so we're talking episode two, Unbound, uh, is the title of the episode of the Halo series. And uh, yeah, well, if you haven't listened to episode one yet, uh, contact the pilot of the Halo series. Go back and catch up. And uh, and I, I do want to say too a little bit of housekeeping. Um, if you're wondering why we're not releasing episodes like right as the new episode airs, there's a reason for that. We want to give people at least like a week or two to digest what they've seen right. before they watch it. So if it's if it seems weird that we're a couple episodes like behind when we release our you know episodes, it's like well that's because we're doing it on purpose so that people don't get spoiled. Exactly. Because some people don't know to watch it on the right times because it's digital media the way that. You know, you're like, Netflix, is it released all at once, or is it once a week like this show is? All right. So, and hopefully, if you're watching alongside us, kind of recapping with us as we drop these uh, reaction episodes, to let us know what you think. You know, before we get too deep into this, I want to put it out there. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on the show. Uh, if you think our takes are horrible and hyper-toxic and garbage, or if you agree with us, let us know either way. Uh, you can hit us that, up. That on, was a dig towards me, audience. No, it was not. I I had. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> you can hit us up on Twitter at lore underscore party uh, or email us, lorepartypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, any Halo series thoughts you might have, let us hear them. I just want to hear everybody's hot take on yes. this show because there's so much... Like This is, I think... Now that we're two episodes in, I have just seen a lot online, a lot of polarizing, like, mm-hmm. viewpoints on, like, just some of it's minor stuff and some of it's, like, bigger things, you know, bigger plot points and stuff. But yep. it's just very interesting to, like, hear what yeah. people say. We'll get into some opinions on the beats of this episode and just sort of our overall impressions of it. But first, let's uh, let's have a quick recap. Let's just walk through uh, what we saw this time. Episode 2, Unbound, opens on a flashback. Absolutely. Uh, we go back a few years, I think uh, 20-some years, to uh, John 117 as a young adult in the Spartan program. He's, you know, maybe in his early 20s, late teens, from the looks of it. And uh, we can tell by his surgical scars that this is post-augmentation. The Spartans have received their implants and surgeries at this point to make them more than human. That, that, if you've read the books, you know that that shit involves stuff like you know, uh, bone ossification to basically graft alloys to their bones, so like they're pretty much unbreakable. Uh, you know, muscle enhancements, uh, re- reflexes enhancements, uh, organ upgrades, just all kinds of random shit that make them very hard to kill and very very deadly. Uh, if you survive the process, you, yes, you're. you're you're very hard to kill after you're very easy to kill by the same yes, process. The augmentations are extremely dangerous. Uh, we'll get into that in a second here, but uh, think like 
for for people who like Marvel, like think like Wolverine getting yeah. his adamantium, like kind of. you could yeah. survive that, you'll be good. If yeah. not, well, on to the next. Pretty person. much, so they don't have the benefits of healing. <laughs> right? Yeah, these these Spartans don't have a healing factor, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, of course, John survives his augmentation, and we see him kind of get up in those barracks, and he looks around, and uh, he notices one of the bunks is empty, and he sneaks out. Uh, to f- meet up with his friend Soren, who is another uh, Spartan two program cadet, I guess, or participant. And Soren's also been augmented at this point, but Soren is attempting to escape Reach. He's trying to make a break for it and uh, find a, just you know make a life for himself away from the UNSC. Now, from context, like the way they talked to each other, it looked like John apparently had agreed to leave with them before this. It was like you know, a planned meetup and it was like, Hey, where's your stuff? You yep. coming to? And, but John has changed his mind and he even threatens to stop Soren with lethal force. If he doesn't, you know, abandon his plans to go AWOL. So it's this tense. Standoff. And we get a glimpse too. We get a glimpse of like the programming that they do with these big kids, time. Yeah. These Spartans. Uh, you know, he starts like spewing this, like kind of a pre-programmed line from the UNSC mm-hmm. and, uh, Soren just kind of like finishes the sentence, and he's like, "Yeah, man, like I get it. That's bullshit. I know right. that too." Yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard all the lines. You sound exactly like Halsey. You know, it's Soren basically just points out like John. They they took away your free will. Just look at yourself, and you know, Soren is kind of making the point. Like, I'm I'm still my own person. Like, I'm still a man of my of my own volition. I do what I want, and uh, you know, they've taken that from you. And a lot of this episode, the theme of it is kind of the whole what loss could of have humanity been. and loss right. of self freedom um, self determination for spartans right. yeah and specifically yeah. for john and so you know john actually takes it seems like maybe he just, he makes a decision based on this he exercises a little bit of free will as himself and he decides not to uh immediately alert the rest of the base that Soren's escaping, he uh, gives his old friend a five-minute head start. I, I will say, uh, Soren immediately earned like love in my heart when, when John's just like, you've got five minutes before I alert the entire base to your escape. And he's like, give me ten. <laughs> and John <laughs> says, like, no. uh, nope. Like, you get five. Fine, I'll take five. I was like, that's that's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. so it's... Guy goes from having a gun to in his face to be like, hey, can I... That's not That's not fair. Come on. The balls. Uh, yeah, double or... Can you double it? <laughs> yeah, double or nothing. Shut up. All right, fine. But yeah, so Soren does escape, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of come back forward into the present where John is flying in his condor uh, through slip space, which, which is... We kind of get, you know, our first on-screen representation of, an, of a Halo spacecraft flying through slip space which is pretty interesting yep. and in in the i mean i'll just point out really quickly in the lore i don't think the condor is like i think the condor is a new vessel kind of created for the show it's ba- it looks a lot like a pelican though it's based so on the it's pelican it's a days. it's a it's a beefed up super pelican yeah uh designed specifically for spartan deployments it's basically able to travel through slip space uh hold the massive weight of a group of spartans mm. in its back compartment along with a complement of marines um, apparently it's flown by them as well. I, you know, we don't have a pilot in, in there to help them. Yeah. It's just John flying himself. Yeah. It's just John flying himself. I mean, like yeah. in other games, we had people who would fly us like echo. Right. Faux hammer. Yeah. All yeah. those. Yep. All those legends. Rest in peace. Faux hammer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> rip a rip to a real one for sure. But no, yeah, we, we come back to John and Quan. They're on the condor and they're flying to a place called the rubble. Uh, very, very fascinating uh, kind of hidden asteroid city uh, out beyond the, the reaches of the uh, UNSC where Soren apparently lives now. So, you know, they, they show up and the rubble is obviously a big insurrectionist hideout. Like people there, it's it's kind of like Madrigal. The people there aren't very UNSC friendly. And so when John shows up in his full, uh, uh, you know, Spartan armor, it's a cold reception. Even when Soren shows up, and you know, there's there's some uh, 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 bad blood there. Again, I, we do need to talk about that scene because John, you know, he strolls off the the ship. You know, he puts his armor on, and he just sees all these all these soldiers are pulling the guns on him, but they don't shoot him for some reason. They decide they're going to use the Spartans' well, greatest I, weapon, a forklift. Well, they probably they <laughs> park a. Well, so that scene, dude, that scene was so weird because like the whole time I was thinking about it, because you know how in the first episode they say like. One Spartan's worth mm-hmm. like a hundred Marines, essentially. Yeah. So like them shooting at him is kind of futile. And then they drive. Then they 
They drive they a drive forklift, forklift in front of him. And they, and they look so, and he's just they look like, so goddamn proud. Yeah, so. like, ha ha, he cannot defeat our impenetrable barrier. <laughs> yeah. And then he's he just, just like, hey, uh, this is in my way. And then just like moves it real I'm quick. I'm guessing what's happening there is like, let's just slow him down until the boss shows up. He'll know what to do. And also like laughing like, oh, we trapped him. And But yeah, they might not know how strong Spartans are. They might just know that like shooting him would do no good. So they maybe they are legitimately surprised. Oh shit, he can just push a forklift around if he wants. The, so yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. The that seems <laughs> just so weird. I mean, he's, <laughs> it was a little odd. I mean, he's only, like, what, like, seven feet something? Yeah. Like, he's obviously, I mean, he's a beefy boy. Yeah. I, I did, I did like, I did like the way he carried himself. Like, just so, like, he wasn't bothered at all. Like, you know, just, I'm just, like, I'm just going to move this for you. It's yeah. in my way. Like, well, hey, guys, you left us yeah. here. Sorry. But, yeah, right after that, we, uh, you know, Soren shows up, and we also meet uh, his family, his wife and kid uh, that he's, you know, he's raised here on the rubble. And uh, it's kind of a tense reunion. Soren and John, you know, seem... Not unhappy to see each other. It is like there's this reunion there, but uh, obviously it's a lot of time has passed, some water maybe not all the way under the bridge there. Uh, but meanwhile, we cut back to Silver Team. They've been dispatched in a UNSC frigate to track John down and return him to Reach, so they're hot on his trail. Yep. And uh, also meanwhile, we kind of go back to Reach for a minute. There's this basically this uh, high command meeting at, at the base on Reach where Dr. Halsey classic Dr. Halsey move here, kind of deftly outmaneuvers Admiral Perengoski. You know, we, we met her last time too, uh, who is Halsey's superior. Basically, so Lord Hood is there. We know Lord Hood from the game, which is cool. We dude, see, I was so excited when I saw Lord Hood. I was like, oh my yeah, God, he looks cool. great. He looks like Lord Hood from the games too. That was good casting. Yeah, very good, good casting. casting there. Which, you know, because not a lot of the characters look like their characters from the games, which is fine. Not all of them, yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh wow, they, they nailed him. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's no Ron Perlman. There's no replacement. Oh, no, Perlman, no. Gosh, but, no. Uh, but no. So, yeah, we, we get Lord Hood there who, and you know, by his his title might imply Lord. He's just the he's like the high admiral. He's the big he's the big cheese on reach of uh, UNSC high command. And so Halsey basically like goes over Perengoski's head and tells Lord Hood directly, oh, the Cortana project might be just what we need to, you know, boost Spartan capabilities, uh, make sure John doesn't kind of go off mission again. Like, she just sells Lord Hood on this Cortana thing, which, if you remember from last episode, Perengoski had warned Halsey. She hated it. Yeah, you better drop this shit. Don't pursue it any further. I'm warning you. And so, you know, it's kind of like she sells everyone at the meeting except Perengoski on this next-generation AI project. And it works. Hood gives his blessing. And uh, Perengoski is not happy at all. <laughs> if looks could kill. <laughs> I thought it was really funny when um, when she first talks to him, uh, it's one-on-one, and then they go into the meeting, and then she right. brings it up. Because uh, they're trying to figure out what to do with Chief at the meeting. They're like, well, what do we do? And then they're talking about how he's an asset mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, and they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out everything. Um, but what's really funny to me is when she has the one-on-one meeting with him first before the big meeting, they're like on this area of like the a balcony. building that's just like, I, I could just push you and you just go right away. There's like no railing. No, I'm like, where are you walking? What Safe, is this? Safety standards do not exist in the UNSC. It was ridiculous. OSHA, OSHA has not survived not. into the future. <laughs> they work on the honor system. I trust you not to push me off this balcony. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but That's what separates us from those insurgents. They push each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty much. But back on the rubble, uh, you know, we we uh, we notice that John is surprised that Soren had a kid. He's, he sees like a you know a child running around, and he looks at Soren like, "You that's I didn't know that was possible. How did you have a child?" Uh, he thought it was you know he thought that the treatments the Spartans received uh, treatments with air quotes there uh, made it impossible to reproduce. And Soren just kind of yep. laughs at him like he's he thinks John's being naive. Like I can't believe you thought I can't believe you fell for that. And Soren explains that. The implants they received as part of the Spartan uh, augmentations, they they stunted emotional development and that, you know, Spartans are only kept from living a full, fulfilling life if they choose so. Like, it's kind of like a mind over matter thing. We're also like, you can just remove some of those implants and gain your life back. He's kind of pointing out to John, like, you don't even understand how emotionally numb you are. You don't even know. Like, you don't know any better. You know, something that I'd love to see them explore um, is maybe looking at Soren's kid and seeing if he has any of the abilities that, like, were passed mm. down genetically. 
You know, I'd love yeah. to see like because because I'll be honest, I that's one hundred percent why Halsey didn't because Halsey could have made them all sterile. But I hundred I hundred percent believe she was like, ooh, that's this true. could be an experiment. Like in forty years, when I'm when I'm clearly <laughs> still here and in power because she's such a right. fucking vain person, she right. believes she'll live forever. Yeah, I can see that too. She does see Spartans as the next step in human evolution, so I wouldn't put that past her to think like. Yeah, so I could see her being like, "Ooh, what what would happen if I made them have?" <laughs> I sex? think in the established lore, it's kind of like not. Yeah, that they're not Spartans aren't sterile necessarily. Uh, it's just that they have no sex drive from their augmentations. Like they have their libido's gone basically. I mean, it's even worse than that. Apparently, there's there are excerpts that says that the suit actually helps them uh, feel relief. Oh no! If you know what, what I mean. I I didn't well, even know that. Well, we do. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We learn, it gets mentioned multiple times that they have, like, this, and multiple times, not just in this scene, but in multiple scenes, even in Reach and stuff like that, how they have, you know, the parts of their suit and everything tells them their brain essentially to shut off. Uh, Like, they can't taste food. They can't, you know, feel specific emotions, kind of. It, 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 It clouds their brain, I guess you could say. Um, and also turns off some nerve receptors. The way John explains it, he says that he, he tries to rationalize it or explain that it's a good thing by saying, oh, it's just, I don't have distractions. Like, I, all, the, all the things that would distract me from just surviving, accomplishing my mission, killing the enemy, all those things are switched off. They just don't contribute to my main purpose. They're distractions. But Soren is kind of like making him confront. Like, that's, that's, what you, that's what's been taken away from you. You're missing those things. And I'm not. That's kind of like their dichotomy. And and Soren also comments on how when they're leaving his house, when they're going to go to bed and then they're going to be leaving the house, like, John, the way he acts is still very kind of robotic. Yes, and that's stiff. one of the reasons why they can act like that is because they they don't have the same types of emotions at the moment. Like, they're literally, their emotions are, like, inhibited by this right. thing. And so... Even the way he his candor, the way he talks, yeah. the, everything is kind of robotic, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily feel human. Right. So that kind of brings it back to when you know um, the rebels in the first episode and stuff. They kind of they don't even know that the Spartans are human. They don't even really believe it because the way they fight and the way they act is literal robotic. Yeah. And while that's happening, you know, while Soren and John are kind of having this back and forth, and you know they're confronting these things. Kwan is watching in horror as a, a new governor on Madrigal named Vincher. He's basically the pro-UNSC puppet that the U- that UNSC installed after Kwan's father was killed. And he's just tightening this brutal grip over the planet. And he's kind of doing, a, you know, dictator shit and shooting people in the face, you know, just executing uh, dissidents and all that. So she, uh, Kwan is obviously very disturbed watching this happen to her home world. So that's kind of a B-plot. We'll... I'm sure we'll visit uh, later on. Also, we learn that he is uh, aligned with the UNSC now. And so everything that her father really wanted to do, he's been against it the entire time. And he's been manipulating the whole planet, too, which is like you realize that if anything, he could be like kind of like a UNSC plant Mm -hmm. later down the line. I mean, you can see that kind of how distrusting of the UNSC even more that Quan will be and so like that obviously builds up conflict and all that jazz for the story but like you can just see that hatred continuously build up because when she's when she's watching this Soren's wife is talking to her and she says what do you want you want revenge and she says no I want justice and she goes there's a fine line between justice and revenge and sometimes it's just a cloudy mix kind of essentially and so then you realize that this is a lot more than just justice. Also, meanwhile, there's a there's some stuff happening on High Charity. We go back to uh, the Covenant Holy City where uh, the the woman, the human looking person we saw last time. I still don't know if we can. Co- this show would be a lot more fun with Batman style transitions. I'm gonna be honest. We, I'm still not sure if we can just call her the human because I don't really know what she is yet. Still, uh, they call her the Holy One. I think her name is McKee. Yep. I guess is what IMDb calls her. But McKee is talking to the hierarchs, and uh, she discerns that the artifact that John found on Madrigal is uh, kind of a map where it reveals the location of what they call the Ring. And the Holy One also volunteers to go retrieve it. She she knows how important this artifact is. She knows how important the ring is. And any information pertaining to the ring, like they the the covenant has to have it. So 
She's like, let me go get it. I know how important it is. But the hierarchs uh, turn her down. They say, no, that's you're too important to be risked in such a direct uh, mission. You know, McKee just kind of, there's like exposition happening here where McKee basically reveals that the prophet of mercy is kind of like a parent figure to her. Mm -hmm. Mercy apparently uh, took her in and quote unquote tutored her on the great journey. So that gives us a little bit more background into this person. Like, like she's 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 not like a recent addition to the covenant hierarchy. This is like she it's almost like she was raised by them is what it sounds like, which is interesting. I'm still like wary and curious how they're going to flesh this out, like where what the hell her deal is and where she came from. So we'll see, I guess. And then um yeah, back on the rubble, Soren and John examined the artifact that John brought with him. Uh and you know, Soren knows a guy and that guy's this crazy dude named Reth who lives on the rubble. Uh, and it, yep. it is said that Reth is, you know, the rumor is he's one of the very few human beings to ever be taken aboard a covenant vessel and then live to tell about it. So he's not right in the head. You know, God knows what the covenant did to this guy while he was in their, ca- in their custody. They served him cookies without the milk. Oh, fuck. That's horrible. Drove him to madness. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. They, As we all know it would. They made him drink orange juice and then brush his teeth. And oh. just, just absolutely unhinged shit. You can't even imagine. Uh, <laughs> so they they show Reth the artifact, and, you know, John goes to talk to him about it. And, you know, Reth immediately recognizes that the relic is exceedingly dangerous and important and he, he knows how important it is the he probably maybe he saw something just like it on the ship or he heard the overheard the prophets talking about it or the elites talk about it who knows but long story short he caught he, he's like warning john very seriously like do you want the covenant to wipe out mankind and obviously john's answer is no and so reth says well then you should destroy this artifact and then yourself <laughs> like it's it's a very line <laughs> in the sand like this is bad news and Wrath even takes it so far as to try and smash the object, just like break it. Uh, but John stops him inadvertently by doing so. Yep. He touches it and activates the artifact again. Which, which we should point out that when uh, when Wrath touches it, nothing happens. Nothing happens, right? Yeah, that's pointed out that like, uh, which is a which is an, is a big deal if you look at the lore from the games, because in the games it was literally any human can touch this stuff and activate it. Yes, so, so. it's kind of a chosen one e trope happening here i guess yes uh, the way Reth puts it um is that master chief wasn't special enough you gotta understand <laughs> you know he was already a seven foot biomechanically engineered killing machine of death but we also need him to be the chosen one yeah well yeah it's the way Reth puts it is like it's kind of it means that he's human but more so quote unquote and he kind of compares John to uh, to McKee, the Holy One, the, quote, the human they have with them, referring to the Covenant. So it's yep. kind of like, like it's pointing out like some people are capable of activating Forerunner artifacts, but not all of them. Uh, it's also important to point out that activating this artifact triggered another, a new vision of John's childhood. We're seeing new memories of his, and it's like a little more detail. He's seeing a little bit more of people who may be his parents, who knows, like a, a little kid drawing, like doodling drawings mm-hmm. and walking around with a dog and just stuff that like... I'm putting it up on the fridge. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Just stuff that doesn't quite fit together, but it, it uh, expands on what we saw the first time. And again, like in the first episode, these visions freak John out. He's like, what the yep. hell am I seeing? And what Breath is telling him is also freaking him out. John almost has like a breakdown. He starts screaming like what am I like yelling at Reth? Like, you know, just for, he just wants answers. Like he's so confused. He's never been more confused. Which, which I love life. because Reth has the discretion of just like, I work here. <laughs> I don't know. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. And, and please. And when he has this emotion though, like it's the first time we see him actually have like a, a, a you know, an explosion of emotion. It's so intense. Um, and he sees it, he notices it as soon as he pushes him up against the wall, he just looks at his hands and is like, what in them? Yeah. What am I doing? What's going on? And like, that's right. not normal for him. So he's just kind of like, uh, and he just like freaks out. Like internally, you can see him start like freaking out. He's having a crisis of identity. Really? He's just, he's never been so unsure of anything in his life. He's never been so confused and misguided or, you know, just turned about. So he's, he's not, he's not comfortable at all. He's, he's, he's having a bad time. 
while this is happening, we go back to Reach for a minute, and there's a scene that I think, Jaden, you're not happy about either. I, I, so there's this scene where just it's just Miranda, uh, Miranda Keys, who is, uh, you know, like we discovered last time, she's a military researcher, basically, back on Reach. And she just complains to Parangoski, like, I can't believe that you're going to give the artifact to Dr. Halsey when, it, when you know, we retrieve it from John, because yada 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 my research yada 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 funding like she, she's just kind of griping about yeah. how halsey gets like the biggest cut of research why, funding why does and, Ma, why does mommy get the toys i want the toys oh. that's right I, I almost forgot that that's there's even like a family dynamic to this like right that's that's the i thing forgot is, that halsey's miranda's mom that's i that completely slipped by me again yeah it's like she, she's just, like my research is so valuable i you know did this and that and it's it's just a lot of you know griping up the chain to Parangoski, your boss, and Parangoski has no time for it, no patience for it at all. Just shuts her down and tells her to deal with it. Basically, just leave me alone. Yep. Like stop whining and go back to work. I've had I've had enough manipulation for one day. That's what she says. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. We'll we'll get into that later. We'll, yep. we'll I'll I'll have oh, thoughts oh, on that later. I I, I have <laughs> I have a little joke where I'm like uh you know we're gonna have to have a countdown meter before Captain Keys does something badass or uh. Sergeant Johnson actually shows up because right now I'm getting short on patience for both of those characters. Yeah, we need we need a bailout soon. <laughs> oh my god! But like, it's it's close to the end of the episode. We we you know kind of come down to a the climax of the of episode two here is that you know after his encounter with Reth and also you know having this crisis of identity, John sort of decides you know he's out of options. He doesn't know where to go. He's sort of makes the the hard decision to go back to Reach because he doesn't know who else to trust and he knows that this artifact he has that has shown him such disturbing sights that have, you know, freaked him out so thoroughly. You know, this artifact... Also, Reth pointed out that this artifact is important to the Covenant and that it has something to do with what they call the Ring. And so John just knows, like, we have to get answers from this thing and, you know, that, that can only happen back, at, back home at Reach. So he flies back but he convinces Soren to uh keep Quan safe on the rubble which is good so she's she's out of danger we don't have to worry about the UNSC assassinating her anytime immediately soon at least and also Soren uh kind of comments on the fact that he's going yeah back. yeah Master Chief's just like hey you know I need the Spartans like I have to mm-hmm. go and Soren's like oh yeah what do you do you go back to mom yes he, essentially yeah. Halsey's their mom right so he's just like yeah you're just gonna go back to mom because you can't figure it out yeah and obviously that kind of bothers him because as soon as he has his little Batman temper tantrum <laughs> he's acting a little bit differently yeah. uh only for while he's there only while he's uh, while he's on this weird asteroid ship thing and he's um he's moving quickly and he's he's kind of like arguing and he even yells at Soren when uh he's like Soren he's like you know you shouldn't have left and uh like just like just yells at him and just turns around and starts walking and then Soren's like you know well you shouldn't have stayed and he's just like what the hell is going on like he even Soren is like what the hell like it's it's different for him yeah it's chief is tilted now we we haven't really seen him tilted before and he's like kind of losing his cool and uh acting with more emotion than we saw earlier in this episode for sure and definitely in the last episode too yeah, it's he's changed a bit. There's there's something going on with him. He goes back to reach to try and sort it out. He's hoping that by, you know, meeting with Halsey and getting some sense making some sense out of this stuff, uh, he might, you know, get back on track. He's sitting in this room later on when he gets back to reach. It's like a cell basically. They're kind of holding him in detention for now. Uh Halsey comes to visit him and he mentions these visions he's been seeing, which like I'll point this is I think this is a the key a key moment that as soon as he mentions these visions Halsey becomes very visibly nervous like her expression just darkens and falls like as soon as he says visions he's like oh shit like there's an oh shit expression on her face I think she knows that these are memories You you can understand why uh she's sure, yeah. you know standing face to face with a 7 foot 2 killing machine that she created by <laughs> stealing him from his parents right, right He might be a little upset if he hears that his childhood was stolen from him Right from from the books and the established lore we know that that's part of his backstory the the show hasn't explained that explicitly yet but I think the context clues from Halsey's reaction. Yes, shed light on that. I think you're right, Jaden. I think that will reveal that she's hiding something very dark about his origins and the origins of the entire Spartan program here on the series. 
uh, because I, I think she knows these are memories, like by her by her uh, reaction. She immediately changes the subject. She's like, "Oh, let's not talk about that." <laughs> like yep. visions? What visions? What are you talking about? You're you're crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. She kind of like sort of redirects John to. Yeah, she's like she's like visions. What what visions? I I have those all the time. I envisioned I was a good mother once. <laughs> let's talk about Cortana. It was scary. Uh, but, like uh, she kind of sort of redirects to the artifact and what information it might reveal about, you know, the covenant, their intentions. And also she's encouraged by this new, uh, sort of sanction from above, like, you know, Lord hood's permission to pursue the Cortana project. And she's, you know, ends the, she ends the episode on like this high note of like, Oh, this is a new beginning. You know, John's back. Cortana can happen now. I have, I have like, you know, permission, funding all that stuff we have the artifact this is a new beginning so you know we'll we'll see what where that leads us in episode three and on that note we're going to take a quick break but we'll be right back after this hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm not going to lie. The ending of the episode, to me felt like the mm. ending point that you would have like in season one of a TV show going into season two, they were like, like this big, you know, the big music, the big moment. And then I'm just like, no, we only had an episode guys. You haven't yeah. earned this yet. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It, I, um, I just have some scattered impressions and things I'll like kind of weigh in on, uh, the things I liked about this episode, things I didn't, uh, I will, I will give points to just the rubble. I think it was really, really cool to see the rubble on screen because, I, it's, I actually wanted to mention that yeah. because this the rubble is very similar to in the books. Um, the Kig Yar would build asteroid bases. Yeah. The, the the jackals would build asteroid bases right. that were exactly it looked exactly like that in my head what they were and I was like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. The visuals on the visual on that I will not deny looked very cool. Yeah. I I liked that it was visually impressive and I I just liked kind of that bringing to life something from the books. The rubble is mentioned in the books as like a insurrectionist hideout that like. That's actually human rebels making a deal with uh, with the jackals, like the Covenant race, to uh, have a hideout that they kind of have together. So obviously there were no jackals on this version of the rubble on the show, but it was still pretty cool. Like, yeah, there's seen. a distinct lack of other aliens on the show, and it kind of makes yeah, me sad. Yeah, we haven't seen anything I'd other love than— love to see some grunts. Yeah, just— You know me, I love grunts. <laughs> you and your grunts, yeah. I hope we do see grunts soon. Uh, yeah, it's only been elite so far, uh, and, and the prophets, I guess, but— but yeah, just I thought the rubble was cool. It gave me kind of uh, the expanse vibes, but there was like some halo flare there to set it apart. So I don't know. I like I just like that setting. It was a cool place to go for the second episode. I also really thought just the way they adapted Soren uh, from the books was neat because I think he appears in like either a comic or like a short story or like one of the written materials where uh, Soren zero six six is the is his Spartan designation in in the books. Uh, originally in the established lore, he was a washout, which he wasn't quite a washout here. But, uh, for for context, a washout in the lore uh, is a Spartan who who went on, who went through the augmentation process, but either died in the process or had severe like injuries and deformations and were basically crippled and mangled by the augmentations. And in the book, Soren's muscles were just fucked up royally by the by the surgeries and one of his hands was kind of malformed into a, a pincer like appendage which is cool because in the show uh even though he wasn't a washout technically he was still a member of the he was still like active duty but before he went AWOL the surgeries it seemed like the augmentations made his arm kind of like like he either lost it and it was replaced with like it I'm just like speculating but it looked like it was like a cloned limb that they replaced his arm with 
and it had like it kind of looked like like the Terminator when like the Terminator like rips open his hand like you know to show the end like the you know the skeleton yeah, like, yeah. It, that's just that's kind of what it looked like to me right. and then it looked like it just never healed right so yeah that was an interesting uh that was an interesting uh translation from the book you know a nod a nod to the established material which is nice and in in yep. the, also in the book uh Soren eventually tried to defect to the insurgents you know kind of so yeah it's a pretty pretty interesting adaptation i like that i i like the boardroom scene it was a very classic halsey move to just go over Perengoski's head like that. Like that's definitely what Halsey would do. And I like the tension. This show is really making me hate Halsey. And so I think they're doing a really good job with that. So (laughs) I hate her (laughs) so much. She's manipulative. She's terrible. She's done gross and unethical things, but you know what? They got that down, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. consistent. Halsey sucks <laughs> in the books and games. She's kind of a hard to like character. She, so she's yeah. not as aloof as she is in the games. I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot. There's like there's less. There's less outright arrogance from her, which yeah. is a which is a new take. Not saying it's a bad take, but I'm just like interesting. I I agree. I expected her to be more arrogant in the show. Yeah, like like, just, I, like there there's less of like you can't do this to me. Like there was yeah. more of her being like. Uh, but Admiral, please, can't you reconsider? I, I, I will like, say I you? really like that she's more manipulative behind the scenes. Yeah, less I think direct. That, yeah. I think that they've they've expressed that she has acted like that before, and right now I think we're just seeing how... I think she realizes that this situation is really important, like with the artifact and all that stuff, and so, especially with Chief. So I think she's trying to... It's, it seems as if she's trying to really make sure she wins this one, and so she's yeah. doing everything she can, like, in the shadows first. Yeah, she, she's being subtle and savvy on the show here, which is yep. interesting. Yeah, interesting take. Other stray thoughts? Uh, we, we have a really quick scene on Madrigal. We talked about uh, Governor Vincher, uh, played by a, a character actor I'm really a big fan of, like, when he shows up. His name's Burn Gorman. And he's so Yeah, good. he's awesome. He, oh, he's so good. <laughs> I was so I was so upset. I was like, "Why are we not focusing in the show or the story yeah. on him? Because he's so much more interesting more. than what they've done with the, the Covenant characters." I want characters. more of him. I hate yeah. that. I'm sh- I'm sure we'll get more of him. I or at least I hope we do. Uh, because but the thing is, like, he had a short scene here, but he made the most of it. He really capitalized on his screen time as Venture. I I was more scared of him than I was the Covenant. Yeah. I mean, this dude's just standing in the middle of a desert shooting people in the face. Yeah, he's he's very fun to watch as a twisted villain type. He does that kind of character very well. You might know Burn Gorman from, uh, he was in The Dark Knight Rises. He was in uh, yep. Pacific Rim. He was on uh, The Man in the High Castle. Uh, all kinds of, he shows up, and he's really interesting when he shows up. He's, he's just he's just been in everything, honestly. Yeah, he's he's been one around. of those, yeah, those character actors. That he's, he's like he's like Richard Kind, but terrifying. I, I'll get into a couple of things I didn't like. Uh, I'll just point out that, I still feel like Miranda is a pretty bland character so far from these two episodes. Like both Miranda and Captain Keys feel out of place to me. Like they're not outright bad characters. They they fit fine for a TV show, but there's so much in the established lore that could have inspired these TV characters more. And like, it feels like it's wasted potential, I guess it, it, it kind of feels like to me, like the showrunners knew they needed to include the two keys characters, but weren't sure what to do with them. That's that's the vibe I'm getting. I Same. I 100 percent agree with that fact. I mean, the fact that that Keys Keys was in that boardroom meeting and said like what like three lines. Yeah. And it's like, why are you here? This is a meeting of high admirals and staff. You're a captain. I mean, yeah, it's it's whatever. It's just kind of like yeah, it's like he's just there to fill fill space a he's, little bit. He's, he's there to, to 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 relay the like literally the first episode. He was only there to tell Morant to tell the audience that Halsey is her mother. Basically, that's yeah. why he was in that episode. He was there, and I was there like, that, and to justify killing Quan. Basically, that was like to justify killing a little girl to <laughs> his daughter, yeah, which was like well, that's a weird take to yeah. have for this guy. All right, it seems like they've made him the stereotypical like bureaucratic military character, and that he doesn't yeah. really have any power. Which is so far I know, off the I, mark. I will from say, what he yeah. is I, in the I games. don't, I don't like what they're doing with both of them. Like, I think of. Again, this is not the same thing as the games and the books and stuff, but, like, whenever I hear these characters, I cannot help but think about, like, the Halo 2 cutscene in the beginning. Like, I, like you know, when the Arbiter's getting, like, his shit rocked and he's becoming the Arbiter. Like, yeah. I just think of, like, right. the back and forth between, you know, UNSC and then that. Like, I just keep thinking of yeah. that scene a lot, and it's, like, 
it's just I mean I don't for, know. no like in the same vein of that like when I think of Miranda Keys I literally think of her flying a fucking pelican into the 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 the, the high charity or not the high charity citadel the, the building on, on the, the arc, arc and just slamming into the, the all those elites just getting out killing her with a shotgun she's going Johnson sound off I was like yeah she it's just, hard it's it, that's it's her. very hard to visually see these characters as they are right now doing acts like that and again yeah like Grizzled again war. like shit this is supposed to be different but also these these guys would feel out of place in a battlefield situation yeah. and that's a shame because their characters are bred for battle and again if you think about it this i mean reach is still there so if they're going to take the timeline and say yes we'll have the fall of reach like if mm-hmm. if they're gonna do that obviously this takes place way before that and maybe they'll eventually become the grizzled grizzled war veterans that they are we'll find out that would be really cool character yeah, but, development. I mean, but but to, to, to counterpoint to that, though, Keys should already be that. I agree. I agree. You know, he's been in command of ships since he was like a yeah, lieutenant. It, well, in the show, he hasn't. That's uh, we we really have to we no, really yeah, have to it, keep in mind this is this is different. I'm just saying. Well, but I think we can all agree that like they are not Keys, Captain Keys, and Miranda Keys are not starting at the same place that they would be from the games lore in the show. Like they're starting at a different place. It would be really, really cool if they develop into the badasses that we know that we know and love from the established lore. But what we're getting right now is basically just like B plot stand-ins to just move things along and not really. Yep. I I mean, but I'll I'll I will counterpoint with this, Connor. Like you know, it's it's the uh, it's that that classic ship of Theseus thing where it's like, how far do we have to go for these characters to not be the characters that we know? You know, how much do you remove from these characters before they're totally different creatures? That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like they they have the names of characters we know, but they aren't acting like the characters we know. So there's a disconnect. Yeah. And like again, the, it's it's an adaptation. So make a new character. That's my that's yeah. That's my that, issue. honestly yeah. They could have just made new characters to do this to to yeah. to be like these if they if they had, if they had like you know Captain Keys was in season two, and then like Miranda was in season three. Yeah, that would been like oh okay, that would have made sense. This is yeah. great. That would have made but sense I felt like because they had they had to get that name recognition. Yeah, and again, they fucked up by not putting the one character that makes sense to be in an active war zone. John Johnson. Well, Johnson. Well, just have Johnson. That's the thing. Man. There's not much fighting happening now, so like it would be a, it would be a huge waste of having Johnson around. So like maybe they're waiting until shit really kicks off and like you know bodies start dropping for Johnson to show up. I I hope so. I have hopes, but like I'm, I'm not. I have I, am, I have Johnson watch right now. <laughs> on Johnson like, right, watch. Two episodes in, no Johnson. I'm on Johnson watch. <laughs> My, it's my so, favorite character. One last thing on Keys is just I, yeah, like we we okay, we we've beaten this into the ground of like Keys's whole deal and what what's why is he there? I just I thought I found it annoying that during that meeting he had like he contradicted himself. He was like, he said early on, "What good is a superhuman we can't control?" And then like when Halsey suggests that Cortana can keep Spartans from you know going off mission and thinking independently, suddenly his tune changes. He's like, but John's a human being. You can't just control him like that. So it's like, dude, which fucking yeah. one is it? Like, are... well, yeah. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, there was an extra on set who was supposed to say that line, but he got explosive diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd already been filming for 12 hours. They said, you know what, fuck it. Does one of you oh want to say it? And the guy... Happened to be sitting next to Captain Keys when they shot that scene, so they're like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna tighten in <laughs> on him, and he's gonna say it, and then we're good." Yeah, it, and that's why that's why they were all filmed from the waist down because one of them had the brown <laughs> pants on. So yeah, there's that's the only way that I can explain why there was a sudden brain shift. Yeah, so in the same character, <laughs> that's that's as good an explanation as any. I don't know. There, there, there's inconsistency there that sort of bo- that sort of bugged me, but oh well. It's kind of look. I really, really get what they're doing with the whole finding your humanity again, like with Chief and stuff. Yeah, I like Like, it. I like that. I really get it. I really like it. I think the whole thing with you know when he, the more he touches that artifact, the longer it, it, it like basically gets rid of these inhibitors that are making him not human. You know, Mm -hmm. and because you know by the time he gets back to the UNSC, by the time he gets back to Reach. He's kind of more robotic again. And, I mean, yeah. throughout the episode, we see, he said, you know, in the beginning, she, uh, Quan's like, why didn't you kill me? He goes, would you want to kill a kid? And she's like, no. And he goes, why? And she says, because it's wrong. He goes, and that's what I was thinking. And then he kind of, like, continuously shows little bits of a humanity aspect that are, like, poking out. Well, um, and I really think for the first episode, for him to take that helmet off is when 
that's the journey like that's the start for yeah. him and I love that. Like, I, I, I'm really going to say it. I was very over the fence. I know I said in the last episode I was really over the fence with him taking his helmet mm-hmm. off, man. But for the story, if you look at it in this lens, it makes perfect sense. Now, granted, he's walking yeah, around, you know, I agree. the whole episode, uh, which uh, he's walking around the whole episode in the rubble without a helmet on. And he was I'm out like, of his armor. Everybody most of the time. was just pointing guns at you. The fuck are you doing? Leave your helmet on yeah. for safety reasons. He was out In of his armor. Aspect, a lot, no. Yeah. It it really did not fit the story for me whatsoever when when he did that. But they needed to make him seem relaxed. That's why. Yeah, I, guess so, I think yeah. that's kind of the whole but thing. But also, I, I thought he couldn't take the armor off when he, without like the cradle. Thing yeah, I thought like you needed machinery on. to do that for you. Like that was the whole Crazy. like. Yeah, that's, that's the what case, I thought. Why the hell did they? Yeah, like. I, don't know. I mean, maybe they have one, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, who knows? One. Maybe he built one. But that makes one. No, I don't know. But I would have loved to have seen that. I would love to have seen, like, a shitty version of the de-armor. Yeah. It just, it just, I get it. I understand the whole he tr- he trusted. Thing. He trusted the terrorists, in air quotes. I know, uh, yeah. Quickly, yeah. I think. I, I like, though, that throughout the episode, they kind of show bits and pieces of him, like, awakening, yeah. if you will. Um, I think the Batman part where he has an explosive emotion and is just literally like, what am I? Who am I? You know, like what? I was like, bro, chill. But I get why it was such an explosive emotion because he hasn't had emotions in a long time. Think Anakin Skywalker. Somebody been told you can't have emotions and now he has them and they're all doesn't know how to regulate them. So yeah. So like, I get that. Like imagine not having emotions for such a long time. And then having them, you have no idea how to socially right. act. Like, this guy has no social cues or skills or anything. And, uh, you know, very, very minimal. Um, and in military fashion, he's told what to do. He doesn't really have a say. And so I think that him expressing himself for the first time, it was jarring. Like, it really was. He was terrified of himself because he didn't know what he yeah. was doing. And he, you could see him progressively throughout that interaction um in that scene he he gets more and more agitated and like even when he walks in the room he's kind of being a dick like not like a military robotic guy he's just being kind of a a prick and you know they're like do you kill covenant and he's just like yeah like duh like what's wrong with you aren't you an idiot like he's just kind of being a a jerk and then soren just like kind of calls him out on that shit and one thing that really stood out to me that obviously was supposed to um, is when he meets Soren's son and Soren's kid, like, gives him that little smiley yeah. face stamp. And that's kind of like his it's, – it's a representation of his innocence yeah. as a child coming out. And so he you – know, obviously he's like, what does this mean? And he's being <laughs> stupid and, like, Soren explains it to him. That's like, you know, oh, this is him trying to say, like, you know, you fight for him and everybody and, like, he trusts you and all the blah, blah, blah. And so he leans down. He's like, thank you. I accept. And, <laughs> it's, so stiff, and then Soren yeah. makes fun of him. He's like, bro, what the fuck? Like, talk to him like a normal person. And I, I, I like the fact that when he gets to the end of the episode, he's talking to Halsey and he just looks at his mm-hmm. hand and he, like, she's like, why did you do this? And he just kind of, like, in his brain, he's like, I'm, I realize I'm fighting for yeah. more than just me and more than just the UNSC. Like, first first off, I'm fighting more than just the U- for more than just the UNNC, but I'm also fighting for myself and more for myself and, and other people. And, and, and he's kind of, like, thinking like crazy. And then it pans because she takes his other hand off of that hand. And she's, like, kind of tearing up, but, like, I think she's just stupid excited. But she grabs his hand and, like, diverts his attention away from that, like, thought process toward her and then back to, like, the UNSC and the Spartan program, like, brain standard. She's just really horny for the science she's about to do. Pretty much. But, like, I just think that the whole way they've been doing this, I will say I like this episode more than the first episode. I think because of that. Because I think they used... I'm getting into my film brain here. I think they use cinematography really well to to showcase this. I think um, his act, dude, he's fucking great. I think he's a great actor, and I think he's doing a good job for what he's been given. I think he's doing a great job. So sorry for the rant, but I'm I'm liking Pablo Schreiber. No, I, I agree a lot. I've always liked him, and I think he's kicking fucking ass. No, I agree. That's one of the, that's one of the things I like about this episode too. Like we we get more nuance from him. He's really exploring the dichotomy of how he is most of the time where you know pablo schreiber is uh, uh, portraying john as this just stiff blank 
you know, robotic character. And like he, he on screen, he looks, he carries himself exactly like I would imagine an emotionally stunted slab of granite like Master Chief would act. So like, but he also kind of contrasts that with, you know, like he, like you mentioned, Kevin, the outburst later, like he, he's having emotions for like the first time in forever. And so, yeah, I think he's really leaning into the contrast of, you know, how he normally is, which is dead inside basically. And these new waves of emotion that he doesn't know what to do with. I, I, I like how he's handling that. I think his, his performance is very impressive so far. That's one of the things I like. I guess I'll put one more thing out there that I'm not sure it's even, I'm totally out of pocket on this. Like this probably makes no sense, but near the end, we, you know, we, at near the end of the episode, we get back to the Holy, sorry, we get back to high charity and McKee, the Holy one, uh, starts undressing, you know, she's taking her clothes off and, uh, like, you know, human woman, you know, just naked. Like I, I'm just, I'm just saying that. So like she doesn't take her dress off and has, has tentacles or scales or anything. Like, we, we confirm she's just a normal human person, uh, and like has scar tissue on her back, but that the camera seems to close in on, you know, to make a note of. And I'm just like, that, that's, I'm just thinking to myself, that, that's, going to be significant later and uh the only thing i could really connect that to is at the very beginning of the episode where the camera focuses on john's augmentation scars and i just i know i'm making a leap here but i just can't help can't help but wonder am i crazy to think that those might be connected like her scars on her back and the scars on john's back you know kind of bookending the episode a little bit i'm just you know just something i noticed i'm I'm sure i'm not sure what to make of that yet but it's something i noticed so, so uh, here's the part that this actually caused a lot of controversy in our in our pre-production. These were fighting words. Um, oh boy, here we go. I have, I have, fa- I have to say it because it's I hate it. Um, I have seen some theories online as to what her scarring is, and I hope to God I need to say this because Connor got really mad at me because he thought I believed it. I I hope to God these are not true, but I have seen rumors online saying that those scars are very similar. To the ones that the Arbiter received in Halo 2 after he had his penance. And so there are rumors and theories that she might be the Arbiter oh, for no. this TV series. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. Before anybody says anything, before you guys start going at it again, Jaden is feeling that this is more likely to occur where Connor does not think it would occur. So no, don't do that. Don't put don't put words in my mouth. I'm saying that I have seen these. I have seen these theories, and I do not like them. I do not support them, but I I do see how they are plausible. Exactly. You would not be surprised if it happened. Whereas Connor, yes, would be that does not mean that no, I like I them. Do not put that on me. Do not put that evil <laughs> I know, on me. Like, we we hate this theory equally. We think it's we equally think it's dumb. I'm just of the opinion that the writers of this show are not that tone deaf and ignorant. There's no way. And I am of the opinion that Hollywood is absolutely dumb enough to do this theory. And I'm taking it a step further. Uh, I, If this theory is to be believed, what's to stop them from doing a love triangle between this That's woman, just... Chief, and Cortana? Because they have been, they've been up on the family drama way more than I expected for Halo already. So Not I could see that, that being a thing. And man, do I hope that I am wrong. Because that is a terrible, terrible thing to happen on a show like this. <laughs> There's so many things that could go horribly, catastrophically wrong with the characterization and the plots of this series that, like, I'm not, I don't think it's worth even thinking about how bad it could go. It's just kind of like, I'm, I'm just going to take it one episode at a time, see where it goes. I agree that, like, there's been, like, the B plots have been boring. Like, just the drama on Reach, Miranda and Captain Keys kind of feeling, like, out of place and not really serving a purpose yet. Uh, that stuff like is dragging the series down a little bit for me, but there are still high points that are kind of lifting it up a little bit. Like I'm, there's things to enjoy. Like two episodes in, my overall uh, opinion of this show at this point uh, is just it's still a mixed bag for me. It's not it's not really entirely one way or the other. I'm enjoying some parts of it, not loving all of it, but just on this episode in particular, I. I'll just reiterate, I love that they're leaning into John's identity crisis. Uh, I thought the stuff with Soren and the rubble was really compelling. Um, I will just say I really hope they need, they uh, turn up the heat in the next episode, though. Like, there's there's a lack of action here, and uh, I would hate to see the series kind of lose steam this early on. Like, they, I, they need to kick things up a notch in the next episode is what I'll say. I would, uh, 
I would agree with that. I, I really do like the whole John's humanity, and I like the metaphors they're using. I think they're doing a good job with that. Um, I think the CG uh, <laughs> is definitely better in this episode than before. It, it, it's uh, been hit or miss for me, man. I'm like, yeah, ugh. It, I, I, I think production quality has been okay. It still does feel a little bit of a fan movie style kind of thing. I just think – I think his armor doesn't look um, – like metal, if that makes sense. I love the sound design. Sound design. I know we were all three of us were in agreement earlier. We were, I mean, the sound design oh, is yeah. legit. Like it's really good. Yep. Um, I think, I think taking characters from the books like Soren mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that they were acknowledging like the existence of these characters and trying to bring them into the world. Uh, which I thought was cool. Um, I'm I am very nervous about this. This this uh. Daenerys Targaryen style person that Jaden keeps referencing. <laughs> Discount Daenerys Targaryen. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm calling her until I'm, proven otherwise. I really, I, re- I'm worried about her storyline. I'd like to, I'd like to know more. Um, because let me tell you, uh, Game of Thrones didn't end very great. So you know, just now I'm getting nervous. But yeah, so I'm having fun with it still. Like I'm still having fun. I, I. I watched the first episode once, and I've watched the second episode twice. So I, you know, I I, I enjoyed it, and I think um, seeing some of the technology again on screen that we've you know had in games is really cool. And uh, again, I think they're doing Halsey like they're they're, they're doing a great mm-hmm. job with her because I hate her yeah. guts, and that's the whole point. So props. Uh, here's here's what I'm just gonna say. Um, I I think that. It's going to sound so weird because I think they're focusing too much on the humanity aspect of the show versus mm. the actual like world play that they could be going with because like the stuff that doesn't involve like Halsey and and her weird dick measuring contest with her own daughter and Captain Keys being there like that stuff is boring but like when Madrigal is being taken over by a dictator I'm like oh I'm interested in that when the Covenant's, like, uh, attacking, uh, you know, the planet and murdering people, I'm like, okay, I'm interested in this. I guess I guess the more simple parts of the show, they seem to be afraid to go with in favor of the human stuff. It's like someone was, like, really excited to explore the characters, and I just wish that they would, I don't know, focus on more of the the world-saving aspect of the show... If that makes sense, I just I'm 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 waiting for more. And again, I know you you guys hit me with the well, this is a different Halo, so shut up, nerd. I get it, I understand, but I'm also like, I I came to this expecting like to see Master Chief kill a bunch of Covenant. I want more of that, and I'm waiting for more of that. I think they're wasting too much. Like every minute they spend on 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 Keys telling his daughter to kill a child, uh, there's time where Chief could be like fighting a Covenant soldier, you know. And I'm like, I kind of want to see that more than. Asking if you're telling your daughter to be okay with child murder because that was a weird, I can't get over that. I'm sorry. That's just, that's the weirdest thing in the world that they were, that they thought we would be like, yep, that makes sense. I don't think they thought we would do that though. I think the, I think the audience is supposed to know that that was bad. Like I don't, I don't think the audience was supposed to be sold on. Oh yeah. Keys is right. It's fine to kill her. Just, I know, but it's just so weird, man. Like, yeah. have, have Halsey say that. Have Ferengoski say that. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm with you there. It's like... Like, like Keyes even talks in the books, like, where he feels like he always feels guilty about taking Halsey on those trips to meet those kids. And, and, I, and I, I, I don't think it was ever implied that he knows exactly what happened to them, but, like, he knows, you know? Yeah, he had suspicions. And, uh, yeah, like, kidding. they never straight up were like, oh, yeah, we kidnapped those fucking kids. But he was always like, it's kind of weird they made me take this doctor lady across the galaxy looking at kids. So, yeah, like, Case is being misused. There's not enough action. I think that we can both agree on that. Like, yeah, they're, the minutia of humans doing stuff, kind of be, making up the bulk of this episode, made me want more aliens getting shot. Like, I, I'm with you yeah. 100% on that. Like, that's why I said, like, I hope in the next episode they really turn up the heat, more action. I want action. Give me action. You know, I want I want. I want shooting. the pew-pew, man. I, yeah. want, I want the boom-boom. <laughs> I want the bang-bang the and well, the zap-zap. Exactly. Zap. The pew-pews that we saw, yeah. I liked. I was like, me oh, too. this is pretty good. Uh, there was a couple of things that were weird, like when the when the AR got thrown and it was a CG thing for some reason. That was weird. I, yeah. I, I really think that, you know, what do I play Halo for? It's the boom-boom, the zappy-zap, the pew-pew, like... That's what I'm playing yep. it for mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I, I'd like a little bit more combat to be. I mean, I I, I was going to say, I'd argue that, that Halo is not. It, it, like Halo, the game, does a great job of exploring John's humanity 
while also having fun set pieces and, you know, explosive action. I just feel like this translation has not gotten me there yet. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving it another chance. I think I, I told you guys before, I'm like, I, it's, I'm dragging a little bit. It's, I'm like, man, this is, this is a little, it, it's like, it's like someone's telling me about this great game Halo that they've played. And I'm like, man, this is a lot of, this is a lot of, a lot of boardrooms yeah. and discussions. So far, I feel like they are trying to do some world building, but I think they're lacking, like maybe give an extra 10 minutes uh, the first episode, uh, maybe five minutes in this episode, a little bit extra world building, then I can understand the lack of combat. Like, literally a, a Halo War-style montage of them being like, we are at war with the Covenant. Like, having yeah. them, like, blowing up yeah, some buildings and glassing cool. planets. You know, like, literally launch the show with that, and then I'm in. I'm like, alright, here we go. Like, this stuff, like, because then, cause then you're more connected with the world, and like, why these you know why these harsh decisions are being made? Yeah, like because I just feel like they're not they they haven't gotten me there yeah. yet, man. Like if you show me like, hey, humanity is losing this war so fucking badly, they're okay with killing kids in order to preserve the freedom that they're trying to. I'd be like, okay, yep, that's harsh, but that we got to do it. And that's where I'm like, I don't know who this show is made for because like me as a as a longtime Halo fan, I know how desperate things are uh, in in the universe. But if you're like brand new and you're just like, oh look, there's a cool guy in armor. I'm watching The Mandalorian, but on Paramount Plus, you don't know that yet. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I just kind of feel like they haven't set the stakes very well. Like they haven't like exactly like you don't know that because they're just like we're at war with the Covenant. It's like how bad is it? Yeah, you're not really showing us. You're not really showing us this war. You're just kind of showing us like one tiny part of it. Like literally, yeah. like all like all they had to do was show a planet getting destroyed by the Covenant by high charity. You know, just have them bl- in the first episode, like, hey, the, you know, the, the conquest of planet 6478 is going good. It's like, they always go good. We're the Covenant. We're so good at killing humans. It's great. Well, yeah. I'd have been like, okay, cool. Now I know what we're up against here. Well, I think that we've only got two episodes in so far, but I think, uh, I have a feeling the next two episodes are going to be a lot more. We'll see. We'll see. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.